Welcome to the Money Curious Podcast. I'm your host, Laura, and I'm joined by my co-host, Essien. If you guys want to learn more about saving, investing, or any other financial tips, you've come to the right place. On today's show, we have guest Aikena Okoy. He's a real estate investor and also a fellow house hacker like ourselves. Yeah, we met Aikena back in Seattle when Laura and I were both there. Um, Aikena is going to talk to us today about mentorship, education, along with real estate and how they all tie in together. We're going to learn today a lot about why he had so much confidence going into his initial real estate investment investments, which I think is going to be really beneficial for everyone. Yeah, I definitely think so, too. So with that, let's get into it. Hi, Kenna. Welcome to the Money Curious Podcast, man. How's it going? It's going good. How are you guys doing? Doing pretty well. We're excited to get to speak to you today. Yeah, definitely. I'm excited to be on here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Do you mind just giving the listeners a quick background about who you are and what do you do? Uh, yeah, my name is Ikenna. Um, from Dallas, Texas. Uh, grew up pretty much born and raised there. Um, went to school locally at University of Texas at Arlington. Um, moved to Seattle shortly after graduation to work for Boeing um, in engineering. And uh, I've now moved back to Houston and uh, pretty much started investing here. Awesome, awesome. Um, so, one thing I want the listeners to know is that Ken and I met back in Washington, and he and I immediately connected over real estate, right? Isn't that right, Ken? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Many conversations. Yeah. So many conversations about that. We need to have really long, uh, deep conversations about our futures, what we wanted for ourselves, and a lot of it re- revolved around us being very good with our finances. But I Ken, do you mind explaining what exactly about your background led you to be better with your finances? That's a good question. Uh, kind of really started from really seeing how my dad works. Uh, you know, dads are usually, uh, a lot of them are really frugal. So my dad was no different. And I kind of, I kind of turned that frugality into, you know, just consistent saving. And, uh, you know, once I realized how good it was to have a surplus of cash and just be able to have the freedom you know, to do things, uh, just kind of kept it going and, and really just started setting goals and saving my money. Um, yeah, yeah, it was just a really good, you know, really good to have reserves. And uh, I thought that would be really beneficial in the long term. Very cool. So one question I wanted to ask is, did you come to this realization that you wanted to be frugal, invest your cash at an early age? Or was that more something that you found out later in life when maybe you were in college or after you graduated? Yeah, so, um, yeah, the frugality definitely started early. Um, it was it was kind of that concept of being frugal just to be frugal, um, just because I knew it was like, it was good to live kind of below your means before I knew what that meant. Um, but it wasn't really until, you know, during college and after that I realized, hey, I can actually use my savings to invest in other things and, you know, buy what I need or, you know, something, something happens, you know, I'm ready for it because I have savings. So uh, it turned more just kind of, you know, reflex to save and it kind of turned into more of a, more of a targeted, you know, purposeful goal after that. And not only save, I'd imagine you were pretty um, against having any debt. Am I right? 
Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I worked all throughout college, um, almost full time for about two, two to three years out of the five years I was in college. Um, paid for most of my tuition out of pocket, graduated with very little debt, which I'm still grateful for. So yeah, definitely against that, pay for my car cash. Yeah, it's it's definitely kind of ingrained in me. Yeah. That's awesome. And for example, for me, like I also, I graduated college with no debt and I kind of paid part of my tuition also out of pocket and kind of know what it feels like to work when you're like a full-time student and also trying to like you know get your weight like get your income on the side how was that for you and juggling that like what kind of went through your mind in terms of like you know i'm getting my college education and this is going to be so worth it uh, was there any other motivating factor behind that yeah it, it was it, you know you hear about all these national or student debt debt crises it, it's just i didn't want to be another person that had Fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars in debt after college. So, and I, I knew it was going to benefit me in the long run. Um, I've heard of people living with this debt for 20, 30, 40 years of their lives, and I just didn't want that. I just didn't want to start off in a bad foot. So, um, yeah, I knew if I just grinded for two to three years and just paid it out of pocket, it was going to be worth it, and it definitely. Wow. Yeah, I uh, I can't relate. I can't relate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, I was one of those people that graduated with sixty, seventy thousand dollars in debt. <laughs> but yeah. you know, I'm paying for it now. It's whatever. I I, I can still achieve my goals. But yeah, yeah I, w- I wish. It, I feel like yeah. No, there's Sorry, not, there's there's definitely a lot wrong with it. <laughs> <laughs> but at least you got like a, a valuable education out of it, and you're making like you know a reasonable living for yourself you know it was agreed. at least you know something you can manage i would say agreed agreed i mean i always say that there's bad debt there's good debt i would say student loans depending on what it is it i would i would say it's neutral because mm-hmm. let's say if you're going into debt and you're getting a degree that's not going to really guarantee you a high paying job like engineering or something or maybe mm-hmm. if you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer then it can be bad debt. Whereas if you're getting a degree to uh, finance an education that's going to get you into one of those professions I just listed, then yeah, it actually would be good debt because it's going to give you an income that's in, well, hopefully in excess of how much you're going to have to pay back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I definitely believe in kind of investing for the future in that regard. I mean, whether it's like education or just investing in general, yeah, you might have a loan up front, but in the long run, if, if, it, if it pays itself back, you know, times five, times ten, it's definitely, definitely worth the, worth the risk if you if you want to call it that. So. Yeah, definitely. And speaking of an investment, and investments in general. Um, so one cool thing about you is that you're also into real estate. So I feel like we've created like this real estate community between like all of us that used to that met up at Washington and and between our, our mutual friends. So tell us about how you got into real estate, how you found specifically about house hacking. Let's see, real estate. Well, I always kind of know, I always kind of knew I wanted to, you know, have wealth. Um, to varying degrees as I was growing up. So um, pretty much graduated college and I actually started making like real money. Like I wasn't a broke 
college students. So I was like, hey, you know, I have extra money. Like, I definitely need to park it somewhere. I know savings account is the best way to go. So, yeah, I really just started looking at different avenues of growing my money. And, uh, yeah, the more research I did, the more real estate popped up with uh, just countless benefits. And, uh, yeah, it kind of just went from there. And um, funny enough, my sister actually planted a seed in my head for uh, real estate. Um, she was talking about um, these really rundown houses in Italy, of all places. And they had dollar houses that she wanted to buy. And uh, she asked me, hey, she's like, hey, you want to go in on these dollar houses, fix them up, make them some Airbnbs? And I'm just like, hey, that's, that's a pretty dope idea. Um, we didn't do it, but obviously it definitely <laughs> they got me on that path to, you know, really dig into real estate and learn more about it. And, um, yeah, kind of fast forward to now. I've been studying over the last few years. And, yeah, I just kind of jumped in it. That's awesome. Yeah. Could you tell us a little bit about that first deal? Yeah, yeah. So the first one was, uh, I think it was March 2020 when I closed. Uh, single family house in Seattle, Washington. Um, yeah, I pretty much went to my mentor um, at the time. And um, yeah, I was just like, hey, I want to jump in investing. And he kind of suggested uh, buying, you know, at least a starter home in Seattle uh, was a good way to go. So yeah, I knew how to analyze the deal at that point. So I looked at the rents that I can get for each room in the house. Um, I had savings that I'd been saving for months before um even part of college actually and uh yeah i just pulled the trigger bought a house and um yeah kind of house hacked that and uh started renting all the rooms could you describe how it felt to like put down that money on something that was so expensive like were were you were you nervous were you scared (laughs) did you think that maybe you made a mistake can you describe like how it felt and how you were able to overcome any of those feelings when you were making that initial purchase? Yeah, um, I think it comes it comes down to I feel like a few things, kind of your tolerance for risk, and then also just kind of trusting your analysis of um, of a deal or property. Um, yeah, I, I knew I was going to be able to cover my expenses. Um, I was just confident in myself, honestly. Uh, it was definitely a large sum of money to put down for sure. It's, you know, the biggest amount of money I've ever seen leave my account at one time. But, uh, yeah, I really just trusted in my numbers. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit risk tolerant. So, so, you know, if it didn't work out, I knew I was going to learn something from it. And, you know, I, I've learned plenty from it already. So, um, yeah, that's kind of how I looked at it. Yeah, talking about how that much money can leave your bank account all at once, it's just a little bit nerve-wracking. You're like, okay, well, now I no longer have that money cash. It's in a house. It's in a, in a, It's all invested in a property. Now, I, like, this is a real thing. <laughs> so definitely can relate to that. I'm wondering, what kind of resources did you right. use, like either books, podcasts, or people did you reach out to to help you kind of run your numbers and make sure that this – thing that you were going to invest in was a good investment for you and what your goals were yeah so um first i pretty much ran it by my mentor who's also an agent well 
So he was pretty familiar with the Seattle market. Um, he's the one who helped me negotiate a really good deal um, on a house that was on the market for a while. Um, but yeah, I, I would turn to bigger pockets. I, I feel like we've, we've all probably gone to them at some point. Um, I've been watching or listening to podcasts pretty consistently for probably six to seven months before that. Um, I don't think I'd read any real estate books by then, but yeah, I was just scouring their forums and just kind of running the numbers on different things and just kind of getting practice before that. And uh, yeah, pretty much before I bought anything, I just went to my mentor, ran it by him and, you know, pretty much asked him to do a sanity check to see, you know, hey, am I making a mistake on this? Um, you know, give me the thumbs up or down and I pretty much just went from there. So that's something I can relate to a lot when you described how you felt going into the deal. I mean, people always ask me, were you scared going into this? Because I did this something similar to you. I bought a condo instead of a house and I rented out the rooms. I house hacked it. And at the time, it was the largest purchase I had ever made. And people have asked me before if I felt scared, nervous or any of those feelings. I was like, yeah, but it wasn't as intense as maybe people might think. And I think the reason why is similar to you. I just educated myself a lot. I also analyzed a, I don't know, countless deals before analyzing this one, before I got to this deal. And I talked to, again, I talked to my mentor. I made sure I ran it by multiple people. And yeah, I was scared, but it wasn't enough to, to stop me because I was, I, I did so much upfront work that I had confidence in the decision I was making. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and if there was any fear, it was more, <clears throat> I feel like the fear was directed to, towards make, not making a mistake when you're running your numbers. Like, instead of just not doing it, I ran my numbers like five or six times, you know, I yeah. looked at <laughs> rental comps, you know, multiple times, um, but it didn't necessarily stop me from actually pulling the trigger. So I think that's pretty important. Very nice. Thanks for sharing that with us. I think that a lot of people can relate to what you said and also like, just help those who are wanting to start into the real estate journey understand that like there's going to be a lot of things we don't know and the important thing is that math doesn't lie so if you're num if you're running your numbers and it's not working out then find a different deal and then run your numbers again and if they work then then like maybe you found an ideal deal so definitely something to look into thanks for sharing the resources too and then, and also like you said it's important to have a mentor how did you find your mentor did he first become your was he your first first your real estate agent and then he became your mentor yeah so it was actually a real estate group in seattle um i think i think sn actually he was around them for a while um it wasn't really his taste but that's okay um but i met him in a pretty oh, much yeah. a real estate I remember, group i remember that, you talking about <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah you were just, yeah you were you were feeling that but um yeah pretty much <laughs> <laughs> that's a different story they're pretty much a real estate group that met up <laughs> every week um they met up every week they talked about real estate talked about wealth and portfolio so um i kind of got my a lot of business and real estate education through kind of through that group and yeah I, I pretty much met my mentor there and yeah he was also an agent so kind of just Kind of just worked out uh, pretty well, at least uh, in the beginning. Yeah. 
Well, I'm yeah, glad you were able to, to find a lot of value from then. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I had to squeeze something out of the time I was putting in. So, so we've been talking a lot about real estate. Um, are you invested in anything else besides real estate? Have you or in real estate? Have you found any other deals? Um, could you expand a little bit more on your portfolio? Yeah. So, yeah. Besides, yeah, I'm closing on a duplex pretty soon. Um, in terms of real estate, that's pretty much it right now. Um, also doing um, off-market marketing for off-market marketing for um, my business and rentals. So I'm still tweaking that and kind of trying to perfect that to find those deals. Um, but besides the real estate, I'm also in stocks. I do long-term stock options. So I do stocks long-term. Like I kind of do a combination of both just to kind of diversify risk and um, just grow it as quickly as possible, but also kind of, kind of conservatively as well, kind of, kind of split 50-50. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. One question I do have for you is how do you manage your risk level or how have you come to understand what your risk level is and whether you can actively trade stocks, uh, trade stock options, or be in it for the long term? How would you, how do you say, you decide that upon yourself or what are some ways that you come to that conclusion? Yeah, that that's a good question. So my strategy is kind of with longer term, I'm looking at kind of blue chip companies that are just steadily growing year over year. Um, so that's usually what I'm putting my money long term in. Um, also ETFs that have really strong companies, you know, some of the same strong companies in there. And as far as stock options, um, there's not really a difference in methodology, you should always choose a company that's going to grow and do well um, if you're doing individual stocks. But um, for options, I'm usually looking at well-established companies that have um, a lot of growth potential. And I'm kind of just looking at the future outlook and um, yeah, just doing playing one or two year long-term options. So the next question I have, you talked about how you were investing in the stocks for the future. Um, you talked about your wealth building. Um, so what exactly are your, your long-term goals? By long-term, I mean like maybe 10 years out, or you can go as you can go as short as like five years. Like, is there a certain number of rentals you want to get? Is there a certain stock portfolio you want to have? Um, can you give us a little bit of insight on what you're planning? Yeah, honestly, my, I feel like my numbers and goals kind of change continuously, but, um, at least short term, I'll, I'll give you the short term answer. At least, um, probably my by early thirties, maybe thirty years old, I'd like to at least replace my nine to five income and have the option to retire from that. So, um, yeah, my main main means of doing that's through my rental portfolio that I hopefully grow by then, and um, the stocks are really more long term wealth. Um, that's not really something I'm planning on touching very often. But um, yeah, at least five-year goal, replace my work income, um, build that net worth and just, you know, cash flow so I can really just have the financial freedom to do whatever I, do whatever I choose. Cool. So essentially you want to, you want to be flexible. You have a, you have a long-term goal of replacing your income, but the way you achieve that, you just want to be flexible as you're getting towards that goal, right? Right. I was going to say, I just really want to have the option to, 
you know, continue in my engineering career or whatever career I choose, you know, from my nine to five job or, you know, to walk away from it and invest full time. And that's like the whole point of financial freedom, right? That you're not tied down to one source of income and you have that ability to be like, okay, if I want to, if I want to transition to something else, a different industry, then you can take that risk without a lot of worry and you'll be okay at the end of the day. Exactly. All right. So one last question I want to ask you, uh, throughout this investing journey that you've been doing for the last few years, what is the biggest lesson you've learned or a few lessons you, you've learned investing in? It could be either real estate or stocks. I would say if I had to boil it down, pretty much don't give in to the hype when it comes to, yeah, any kind of investing. It, you really just got to take your emotions out of it. Um, look at what, you know, what's going on around you, what the numbers say, and go from there. Um, don't jump on the AMC hype train, you know, don't start flipping <laughs> because people want to flip, you know. Just if you know there's a way to build your wealth for cash flow, do it. And, you know, keep your eyes trained on that, you know, have tunnel vision. Don't look at what other people are doing. Um, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing I could say is yeah, without focus, you're just going to be spinning in circles. Yeah, definitely. It's good to have a, a target and a goal to work towards and a strategy that you decide to pick and, and run with it instead of kind of juggling up so many things at once and being swept away by emotion and the hype that's going on in the news and things like that. So definitely well said, really good lessons there. All right, Aikana, so thanks so much for sharing everything you have with us today. It was a great conversation. We've learned a lot about how you've come to get your resources when it comes to real estate, like the meetup groups, whether it's podcasts or reading and your mentors, like that's gonna that has helped you achieve so much right now and it's helping you achieve the next five years basically in building your portfolio in the different investment vehicles that you're doing right now. And one thing I did want to ask you was, um, where can people find you? Do you have, are you looking for investment partners now that you are building a portfolio and do you want to give them, give that message out there? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm located in Houston, Texas. I'm investing, investing in single family, essentially bird deals. Um, I'm looking at value-add rentals, um, refinancing, and pretty much keeping those. So I'm definitely looking for partners, people who want to grow a portfolio together, and maybe people I can find deals for as well. It works both ways. So, yeah, if you're in the Houston area, definitely hit me up. My probably hit me up on Instagram um, at Kele, K-E-L-E underscore O-O-O. So if you want to connect, I'm there. I'm also on Bigger Pockets as well. Great. Well, thank you again, Aikana. We'll stay in touch. And with that, that's a wrap. Hey, listeners, you've reached the end of another great episode of the Money Curious Podcast. Go ahead and share that episode with your friends, your family, on your social media platforms. And also make sure to leave a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. With that, we'll see you next time.